In the Mountain West, we take the lead. We show heart and grit and have the vision to be leaders in everything we do. We don't wait for opportunities. We create our own. Today is our day, and we will take the lead. Hey again, we're back for another episode of the Mountain West podcast, Taking the Lead. We're doubling up on Mountain West women's soccer this week. Today's extra soccer episode features Fresno State head coach Brian Zwaska. The Bulldogs head coach is in the midst of his 15th season in Fresno. Zwaska is the longest tenured coach in program history, leading the Bulldogs to two Mountain West regular season runner-up finishes and seven Mountain West tournament appearances. Well, let's welcome in Fresno State head coach, Brian Zwaska. Coach, thank you for making time for us on Taking the Lead today. It's great to see you. Likewise. Thank you. Well, we'll kick this episode off by diving into your coaching career. Prior to Fresno State, you made stops as a club and high school coach in Iowa, then moved on to the collegiate level at Grandview University, Texas Tech, and Cal before landing in Fresno. You've been all over the place in the country, it seems. And so I'm curious. I'm from the Midwest myself. Um... Was there a different style of soccer and player that you were seeing at each place that you visited? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, I think the game itself has grown, though, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly climate, you know, field, you know, style, like grass style, you know, I, I've been coaching long enough that I've also seen an evolution just in the artificial surfaces. Yeah. You know? uh, they didn't used to be, you know, such good quality or, or so kind of true to playing like on grass. So that's part of it, I suppose, too. Um, but yeah, weather, altitude, all these things like probably have something to do with style. And, you know, like like, for example, here at Fresno State, we have a really nice hybrid Bermuda grass. So it it grows, you know, sideways. It doesn't stick up. So the ball rolls you know, pretty quick. And, and so we can maybe play a certain way or, or, or desire to play a certain way, you know, because of that. And, uh, and we've been to other places where the grass is kind of long and, and sometimes, you know, for example, we were recently, uh, at a field and it was wet, so they didn't even get a chance to cut it. And so those, those types of things definitely factor in maybe how you can play, but, but yeah, I think that, uh, you know, seeing different, different styles across the country, I think is a real thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, coming from the Midwest, like when I was in Kansas, a lot of the times, like the collegiate players that came out of the club space in Kansas were really strong physical players. And I feel like that's kind of um, the style in the Midwest. And then you're, you still see that with some of the players that are being recruited here in the Mountain West. But then there's also, you know, the good mix of, you know, when you look at San Diego State, super speedy athletic players, and then it's a really cool mix. So I was just curious to see, you know, throughout the course of your journey, all the different players that you've seen as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and what what's interesting in our conferences, I think, I think you have that mix and so it forces you in your own recruiting process. Even if you have a certain, you know, way that you want to play, you also have to be mindful of, of what everybody else is going to have in store for you and make sure that you recruit appropriately to, to be able to deal with different situations and styles of players as well, of course. 
Absolutely. Well, you've helped develop and train a number of players in preparation for playing on the international stage um, at points throughout your career. One big name that soccer nuts will know, uh, Alex Morgan, you helped train her. Um, Obviously, it's been a number of years since then, but what has it been like for you to watch this player and Alex Morgan just become the superstar that she is and know that, you know, you helped train her for a period of time? I mean, it's, it's really, really cool, you know, but she's a a pretty simple person, you know, at least from the time that I spent with her, she was very eager to learn, very eager to work. Um, You know, I'm just some pretty simple ingredients when you think about it. Um, She obviously has all the athletic tools and whatever to, um, to compete at that level, but it was really about the work ethic and the desire that, that really set her apart. Um, and, you know, part of that work ethic and desire, like I said, it goes into like really wanting to learn things that are going to help you, but also being able to retain those things and, and really process how they can help you. Um, and, you know, you say help train her, but the, one of the funnest memories that I have is actually when me and another coach, uh, Neil McGuire, who's head coach at Cal, you know, we would, we would um, actually go work out with her and I would actually defend against her. So here she has this six, three mobster on her back. And that was, <laughs> that was part of the fun. So I'm pretty sure she trained me just as much as yeah. I, 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 <laughs> mutually beneficial. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But you know, she went on to stardom and, and, uh, I didn't get my shot after that, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a lot of fun though. And, and, but any coach, at any level, we'll, we'll always say the same thing. And that's the, if you have that person that just clings to every word and then works for everything, um, it's, it's a, it's always a real pleasure to coach. And if you see somebody obviously skyrocket to the level that, that she has, you know, it's, it's proud to think that you, you, you played a little bit of a, a role in that at some point. Of course. Well, you played professionally for six years yourself, spending time in the USL and then four years overseas in Scotland, England, and two seasons in France. What was the biggest adjustment for you and your game when you decided to go play abroad? Oh, man, there's there's a lot of, uh, I suppose, anecdotes that I could I could share. Um, it's just really tough. You know, I mean, it's a if you go abroad, it's, it's a lifestyle thing. And, you know, the, uh, when I first went abroad, like MLS didn't even exist here. So the, the, the professional options here were, were very, very limited. And, and so it was always on my mind, but when you actually go, you realize very quickly, you know, it's not, it's not like an inviting college setting where you agree to go to school and now you're part of this team and part of this family. It's like you, you have to earn your way in. It's a business. Absolutely. And, and each individual looks at it as, as anybody else that comes into the team has a potential to take their spot. And that's what makes it so competitive. And, and those were things that, you know, that was probably the first major adaptation for me. Um, Beyond that, you know, a lot of cultural things, but that was part of the, the cool factor and and the excitement for me as well. Um, And then, I suppose another big one when I went to France was just about the language, you know, so um, I didn't I didn't speak any French when I went. And so it's trial by fire. You you know, you you have to be very observant. You have to pick up little keywords as quickly as possible. And 
Um, and, you know, and you realize, I guess, in a lot of ways, both as a player and now as a coach, that there's so many ways to communicate. And when when certain ones that you rely on are are taken away from you or, or not given to you yet, uh, you, you find other ways and you have to be adaptable. And that, so that was a really important, I suppose, lesson for me. And, um, but that was another cool takeaway. You know, you spend time in a place and, and pick up language and culture. And, uh, that's, that's something that, that I'll cherish forever as well outside of the, the football portion. And the good food, I'm sure that you ate along the yeah, way. Over a lot there. of very interesting Can't food as well. <laughs> Definitely. Well, well, let's dive into this season for the Bulldogs. The group is one, four, and three in conference action, two, eight, and six overall. What has been the story for Fresno State this year? And it's 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 a tough one because it's kind of obvious. It's like if you score goals, you you have a chance to win games, stay in games, whatever, and. And that's probably been our biggest nemesis is is uh, not actually getting the ball across the line. And, you know, in in every one of these conference games, you know, our opponents deserve credit. You know, that, like we played against some great goalkeeping. We played a great uh, against some great defenses. Um, we've had some bad luck. We've had we've had some OK luck, you know, but really, really the biggest challenge for us has been truly physically getting the ball across the line. And sometimes you you the the only thing you can do is just say keep grinding keep grinding it'll come and and i think all coaches would agree though that if you're not creating chances there's really something to worry about um but you know w- we've we've created chances in every game against some very good teams and so i keep saying you know it's coming it's coming it's coming uh, but we we got to do it i mean that's the reality and uh you know there's a few games that that for example uh you know we didn't convert penalty kicks, for example, and, and everybody kind of thinks those are a slam dunk. Well, you still got to do it, don't you? And mm-hmm. and that might've turned a few results for us, but, but that's just a, an example too. And, and, you know, we have to be fair. Every other team has had, had maybe opportunities against us that they haven't converted as well. So it's really on the day who does it? And, and then can you do that consistently? Well, when this team has been able to score goals, uh, seven different players have scored for the Bulldogs this season. Um, so when you've scored, what have you liked about the variety of players stepping up offensively? Um, you know, it, it, it's a great point and I appreciate you, you pointing that out. Cause it, it's something that we've always tried to make part of our our makeup and our identity is the idea of everybody can and should be a goal scorer and everybody can and should be a provider, you know, just like on the other side of the ball, everybody has to contribute defensively. And uh, so when you do see different scores pop up uh, it's great. And it's rewarding from that, that standpoint of kind of proving that point. Um, Like I said, we would, we, we, we also, wish that that kind of breaks the ice for any individual as well. And, and, and we get multiple goals from multiple people and that's really the ideal place we want to be. But uh, like I said, you know, that, that comes down to also multiple players getting themselves into good positions and, and, and being ready for that. But we just want more and more, you know, you always do with goals. You just <laughs> want to see them. It makes the game exciting. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, 15 players returned from last year's squad. Um, you brought in 11 new players, five transfers. 
An interesting note I saw in your game notes, four of those five transfers came from Saddleback College, who finished last season number one nationally by United Soccer Coaches. Why the flood of Bobcats this season? Yeah, it was it was a combination of things. Obviously, we needed to we needed to make some changes from last year and the idea of not only getting players in but but those guys joined us in the spring and so that was really that was really an important component and uh and on top of that you know we we kind of looked at it like uh this will be interesting because not only are they quality players but they it might reduce their adaptation period in terms of at least they'll know somebody on the team and 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 how a few people play and then they can hopefully help each other adapt a little bit quicker to the things that are specific to our identity and 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 it's and it's worked you know to to a good extent because their familiar familiarity with each other i think just made them a little bit more comfortable and sometimes if you're in isolation and things aren't going well it's really easy to have things go south and uh, but anytime that i think any one of those were were struggling you know, we did our best as a team to rally around them, but I think they probably helped each other more than than we even realize uh, in just adapting. Uh, but yeah, you know, they came from a competitive program that had some success, and so we wanted to instill a little bit of that. Uh, and I think we checked all those boxes with these guys. And that's all you can ask for when you yep. when you a new transfer. Sometimes it's hit or miss. You don't know how they're going to gel and and what it's going to be like, but it especially helps when they come in in the spring, just having that extra semester with the group. Well, I'd love yeah. to give some love to some of the seniors that have been just um, so consistent for this Fresno State team throughout their career. Um, first one, Bailey Beach, named captain this season, just a consistent contributor and leader with a handful of new faces being added this season. You love to have players like that on your team. How much of a luxury has it been having Bailey leading this group as during her time as a Bulldog? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's invaluable. And, you know, Bailey is she's kind of the complete package because obviously she represents uh, herself and the program very well on the pitch, but off the pitch, she's just a fantastic person, a fantastic character. She takes her studies seriously. She, she, you know, comes from a great family and uh, they, you can tell that those things are important to her and it's natural for her in, in a lot of ways to, I guess, contribute uh, those types of things in making it a family environment, but also helping people toe the line and kind of understand, you know, what maybe our programming is and our processes are and, and what our standards are. And, you know, she's just one of those people that, that manages that tastefully, tactfully, but also, you know, forcefully, if, if need be, she's, she kind of, you know, has, uh, you know, multifaceted way of, uh, of, of leading. And yeah, it's, it's just invaluable. Another senior, the veteran Valentina Vivas in her final season as well. What has been the best part about watching her grow over her career and get to where she is today? Yeah. I mean, uh, Vivi, as I call her, I don't know if she likes the name, the name, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, she's, she too has been a tremendous leader and, you know, you get somebody that comes from a different culture and, and, uh, you know, English is a second language. She, she's hit the ground running, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, you want your goalkeeper to be a leader. And I think, I think she was very comfortable with that, uh, pretty early. 
Uh, but you know, we, we have good goalkeeper coaching here with, with Daniel and she's, she's adapted and, and she's that kid that, you know, listens and really tries to, to make sure that she understands what's being asked of her and then, and then implements it. And, but uh, again, off the field as well, you know, she's, she's been tremendous. She, she just brings a maturity level, I think, to, to the team and, you know, whether it's us traveling and she kind of, you know, knows the ropes a little bit, you know, she's, she's just very easy to talk to, but she also, I think is, is very observant because she kind of spots when maybe somebody, somebody needs help or needs to be talked to. And I think that that, that's a real skill uh, that comes from maturity. Um, And then beyond that, like, she's unbelievable because she brings us coffee from Columbia, the coaching staff, uh, every time. You're not going to complain about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, coach, let's talk about conference play. I mean, it's been a battle this season as it is every year in the mountain West. Um, you've got three matches left in conference action. You'll take a trip to air force this Thursday, then close out the season at home against Colorado college and San Jose state. Uh, you've been in this conference for a number of years now. What has stood out to you specifically about Mountain West soccer this season? Well, it it's it's very balanced as usual. And, you know, what I, what I always see and, you know, we talk to the team about is that, you know, you if you if you feel comfortable, then you, you need to get ready because because our conference is so challenging. There's so much parity and there's, there are forever surprises. Like, like you'll see the top teams get picked off by, by other teams and whether that's traveling or at home, I've seen both, you know, so it's not just about being on the road or being home. It's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a conference that truly is full of fighting spirit, I think. Uh, And I feel like nobody ever wants to be counted out. Nobody ever really checks out. Um, and I think that, you know, ethically, even teams that maybe are eliminated still come in and fight and play with pride and, and, and play their part in how the whole league shakes out. And I think that that's the way it's always been. And that's really special. And, and then of course, at the top, you get, you know, the teams that are fighting for the buy. So, you know, there's just no place to rest. And, and, uh, it's always been like that. I've never known it to be any different. Yeah, it's what makes this conference so much fun to watch. There's just no game where you can take uh, take the foot off the gas. You have to be ready to go um, every game of the season. What are you hoping to see from your group in these final three matches to close out the conference season? You know, it, it's uh, it starts with just continuing to play well. You know, it's like if if I really felt like we weren't playing well, I, I would be frustrated and worried. You know, and and, but that hasn't been the case. So it's really about, you know, everybody just having a final push and, and trusting in the things that we train, trusting in each other, trusting in what your teammate is going to do and trusting that, that you can do your best for your teammate and, you know, really keeping it simple. And obviously, you know, it's, it's cliche, but it is one game at a time. It's like, we, we, we can't look ahead and we can't just keep thinking about standings and things like that. It's like the, the only thing to do is try and take care of the next game. And, uh, and, and like I said, you know, every, every one of them is difficult and every team plays a little bit differently and has a little bit different style and, uh, has different key players and things like that. So we just need to stay on top of it, know what we're up against, but, but stay true to ourselves as well. I love that. Well, coach, it's now time for the final third. Are you ready? 
I suppose. Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> Every coach answers that question very timidly, but once we get through it, you'll be fine. Okay. First question. What is the best food spot in Fresno? Oh man. I tell you what, there's some pretty darn good taco trucks, but there's a, there's a place called, uh, uh, Enzo's market and they always have multiple, uh, food trucks in their lot. And then inside they have, you know, things like premium olive oil and stuff like that, that you can, you can imagine from the central Valley here in California are prominent. So whether I'm just looking for snacks and things like that, that that's, that's a pretty good spot, I would say, but there's a lot, there's a lot of really good food here. Yeah, no, I can attest to that. I've been there a number of times and you can, you're always going to be happy and tummy full wherever you end up for dinner or lunch. Um, Next one for you. Would you rather text or talk on the phone? Um, Depends with whom. (laughs) (laughs) I I think, I think uh, I've definitely become a texter and that's because uh, you have a little bit of control over the timeline uh, with that. So, uh, and oftentimes if I need to send a message to multiple people, that becomes very convenient. So yeah, I think, I think I'd lean more towards texting these days. What is your go-to pregame hype song? Oh gosh, that's really tough. You know, to be honest, like I, when I was, when I was playing at, at least in the United States, uh, I love the Star Spangled Banner. And so so it was like already tailor-made for me to, mm-hmm. to be ready. So even as a coach, I get very moved by that song. That's awesome. What is your favorite ice cream flavor? And I ask this assuming that you like ice cream. <laughs> yeah, ice cream's a slam dunk. Um, okay, good. Probably, I, I have many, many favorites. I'm probably lucky because I have a very, very broad palate. But uh if I'm if I'm getting down and dirty, probably cookies and cream uh, is a go-to, or m- mint chocolate chip. Both great. I respect yeah. both. <laughs> With and and my my kryptonite is ice cream and a cup of coffee. Oh, okay. The yeah. co- the Colombian coffee that you get from Maybe, Valentina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of them. My last one for you. If you had to take on any coach in the Mountain West in a penalty kick shootout, who would it be and why would you win? Gosh, that is such a bizarre question. <laughs> um, maybe... Maybe I'd go against Jimmy at Boise just so that there was like a USA Welsh rivalry or something like okay. a country country thing. And why would I win? Uh, would it be, would he be in the goal? Yeah. Oh yeah. I just go top corner on him. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I asked him that question a couple like weeks ago. He was one of the the first guests on the podcast and he said he would beat anyone in this conference. Um, it doesn't matter if it's a professional player, a GA, anyone. So he he's confident. So right. I love that you chose right. him. <laughs> I, I used to, my coach used to call me the ice man. Cause I used to take all the penalties for, for our team and uh, yeah, I can take him. You can take them. Well, coach, that's a wrap on this episode of Taking the Lead. Thank you so much for making time for us today. Um, It was great seeing you and hearing all your insight on the Bulldogs. Thank you. Thank you. That's Fresno State women's soccer head coach Brian Zwaska. 
The 2023 Mountain West Women's Soccer Championship is just around the corner. Head on over to the mw.com backslash wsockchamp for tickets, schedules, championship history, and more. Join us next week for more episodes of Taking the Lead, available on Apple, Spotify, and the SiriusXM app. 